0: yo 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 what is up uh this is episode number 41 of riffs on tap uh i'm your host alejandro joined as always by riley riley how are you doing this week i'm doing pretty damn good this week you fucking taking it did you look good you look healthy you look happy um uh, i know we we don't get to see each other too often anymore which is weird because we live in the same fucking
1: house i feel like we see each other less now that we live together
0: no, it is literally well because I guess one of the things that does hurt is I I don't go out um, as often. I tried to do my best going out last week, which I, I said I didn't. I wasn't going to go out. Went out every night I think last week. Yeah. In some way, shape, or form. Um. But yeah, I always I was telling a friend about that. who's coming to visit, and uh, <laughs> they were like, "Oh, like I'm really excited to you know to meet you as well as Brock." And I was like, well, good luck with that, because you never know. Our schedules are so weird that we go weeks without seeing each other. Just, Literally. Yeah, it it just is our work schedules. And uh, for me, I like to stay in my room a lot. Um, and so, yeah, there's sometimes we just don't see each other. Yeah. yeah. But we're always there. Yeah, we're, we're, we're always here. Yeah. yeah. So <laughs> if I ever needed to move a couch, I just have to knock on someone's door and be like, hey, let's go move a couch. Yeah. Um, but, uh, no, man, this, this week's been good. It's, uh, it feels like one of the first weeks back to normalcy. I feel like, um, nothing too crazy going on. Uh, kind of getting, getting into the the swing of things for the spring, going into the summertime. Uh, it's getting hot. It's getting hot around here. Very fucking hot and it sucks. Dude. Yeah. I don't know if, uh, I don't know what time you got up or got out to work, but it was like a hundred percent humidity today. Like, it was sticky and nasty.
1: Yeah, no, it was awful. I was outside all day, wetting my ass off because of that shit.
0: Yeah, it was just like, it was It was one of those days where normally, like, I like to stay pretty productive at work and, like, stay in, stay in working in a specific area, stay there, work, and do my thing. Today was one of those days where I'm like, I need some type of air current, wind, or whatever. I just drove around. I drove around and was like, I just need to cool off. It's so fucking hot. It's so humid out there. It's so sticky. Um, but yeah, I know summertime coming up and, uh, we're in a bit of a drought right now too. Uh, it's a weird drought. Yeah. Because like we're getting precipitation, but it's like such a small amount. It's almost
1: yeah. non-existent. Small and just very inconsistent. Yeah. So
0: if you ask the average person be like, oh, like, do you think we're in a drought right now? They'll probably go, no, like, you know, it rained the other day and it rained this day and whatever. And I was like, well, if you actually look at the numbers, <laughs> it didn't actually rain. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we're like in the worst drought since like 2012, like it's real bad, it's real bad out there. Sounds about right. Yeah. But we got some rain coming up, which will be nice. I'm not a huge fan of the rain, but I do understand its importance to uh, the environment and uh, just the ecosystem as a whole. Um, all right. I want to get into some music. Uh, what, what have you been listening to this week? What's new for you? What's going on with you?
1: So, Last Friday was a very good day for Texas country. Uh, really just country in general. There were some fucking phenomenal songs that dropped. Zach Bryan dropped a new song. It was a surprise release. He was just kind of, you know, put on Instagram. Uh, the song Late July is out from his new album. comes out May 25th, I believe. Uh, and then he's dropping another song tomorrow. So very excited for that. Uh, Morgan Wallen dropped a uh, great song, Don't Think Jesus. Uh, guy Warren Zider's fantastic voice. Uh, yeah, just a lot of a lot of great uh great releases from Texas Country last Friday, hopefully tomorrow as well. So we're get, kind of getting into that season where more people will start releasing albums and whatnot.
0: Who did you say was uh, putting on a second single tomorrow? So Zach Bryan. Zach
1: Bryan. Yes.
0: Is he gearing up for an album or anything? Yeah. Or okay. Uh,
1: May May 25th. That Maybe. comes out. Uh, very excited for it. I think he's released. It'll be his fifth single off of it. It's a 32 song album. <laughs> oh man! Because uh, that's kind of what he does. But so far they've all been bangers. So I guess. And I I don't, I don't think he's released the best yet. They're all great, but I I think the best is yet to come. So I'm excited. Love Zach Bryan.
0: A little bit of sidebar. I think kind of a good segue is. So 32 tracks on an album, that's a lot the, you know, A lot, yeah you, you, know, you expect to see maybe 12, 10, 15 tracks on an album for the Even most for like part. a double
1: album, that's a lot Yeah,
0: and so um, I'm always in the boat of like I don't want to release too much like I'll release like my lead single maybe the album title single type of deal and be like here's what to expect but I want you guys to be excited and wait yeah it's like when a movie has too many trailers and it's like I feel like I've seen the whole movie I don't like it when an artist puts out way too many singles off of an album I'm like all right well half the album's already out like what's left to expect on these four or five other tracks yeah What are your thoughts on a lot of singles coming out for an album?
1: I agree uh, for the most part with that. Um, I just think in this case, it's a little different because of the fact that it is so many songs. So he can afford to, he can release 10, uh, which would be an album for most people. And that's only (laughs) a third of his. So uh, I think he's, and it's really, it's not him that wants, he wants to release them, but it's just the fans begging for more. So he's like, all right, I'll put a little bit more out, kind of tease all a little bit, up until May.
0: Yeah, I I agree with you on that one. It, if you look like just a percentage game, yeah, it's such a small percentage of the full album. Yeah, totally understandable. Five singles. I just uh, I brought it up because I have uh, some albums that I'm waiting for. Uh, one of them comes out next week from an artist called Weathen. Um, he was putting out a, a lot of music following his 2020 album. And um, was like, oh, this is a cool song, cool single, cool single. And then now that he's announced the album, it's like, oh, all those singles we've been hearing, those are all part of the album. And now half the albums, I've already heard half the album. And I'm yeah. like, uh, like, I'm excited still, but it's like, I feel like I've already got the feel for the album. I know what to expect already. Yeah. Um, same goes for Alice in Wonderland, putting out singles, putting out singles. And all of a sudden she's like, hey, album coming out in May. All these songs are on the album. Like, well already heard half the album already and so and now even like i'll listen to her her dj sets and i'll be like uh apple music as we've talked about before does a cool thing where if an artist isn't ready to release the name or artist of a track they will just put id id number one on the set list and if they have multiple they will just number them off i can already hear in her set list oh id number one is like oh that's probably this song Based off of you know listening to you guys, like, the name matches up like that's probably this song. Yeah. Like, oh cool, really excited for it. Kind of, kind of pulling the curtain back on some of these albums where I'm like, I like I, I do miss back in the day when you would uh, I don't know if you did this at all, where you'd go to like Target or Walmart or whatever and pick up a CD and yeah. being like, oh, man, I uh, this is so-and-so. It's Eminem, 50 Cent, whatever. That yeah, was always I can't, so exciting. Yeah, because it's like, oh, man, new music from them. I love them. Yeah. And you listen to the album, and it's like a big surprise. Like, oh, what songs are going to be on here, and this and that. Um, music nowadays is really, there's just a lot of information. Yeah, and so, it's
1: very, like, selfishly, obviously, like, you want to hear as much of them as you can as soon as possible. So it's great to have someone release so much music, but then you get to the album, and you're like, I probably should have waited, you know, worth the wait. I think that's what that whole program was about, Uh, just waiting for music. Um, But yeah, selfishly you love to hear that, but I think in the grand scheme of things, it's probably better to either go in totally blind or maybe just with a sneak peek uh, that kind of gets your blood going.
0: Yeah, I definitely feel the other thing that plays into it is whether or not your album tends to be a collection of singles where it, it already is like, there may not be a thematic core to the album. It may just be, Hey, these are a bunch of songs they made during the pandemic. And uh, I'm putting them out as an album. And it's like, okay, cool. There's no theme to it. Every track is different. I get it. It's okay. There's a lot of singles that come off of that. But if your album has like an idea, it's a concept album, like there is a story to be told and everything. I'm like, Whoa, give me one, maybe two tracks of that. But like, I want to experience a story. It's like a movie. I just want you to tell me, Cool. Ambulance. We're going to have a crazy chase through L.A. Yeah. Awesome. Don't give me any more information. You, I feel like I've already seen that fucking movie yeah. like nine times.
1: That's really all they needed to say. They just, you know, show Jake Gyllenhaal for a second and then be like, <laughs> and then maybe an explosion and then cut. And then you're like, holy shit, that actually looks pretty good.
0: Exactly. And just put Michael Bay's name right there. Yeah. And it's just like, it's sold, um, which is crazy. I was listening to another podcast and they were talking about ambulance and uh, they were describing the movie. And I guess, uh, Michael Bay was interviewed and, uh, talking about the movie and he was like, yeah, man, there's just some stuff that just, we just filmed it and it just didn't look right. So we just fucking left it in. We couldn't do anything about it. Yeah. And I was like, no one's going to notice. No one's going to care. It's it, people who are going to go watch that movie, who are hyped for that movie are just, they just want action and explosions and guns. Yeah.
1: Well, and sometimes that's great. Like it's not every movie has to be this huge, you know, thematic masterpiece, it, there's sometimes it's just fun, like Transformers. Sometimes it's just fun to go watch fucking robots destroy shit.
0: Exactly. I 100% agree with that. I feel like more video games need to be that way, too. Yeah. It's like you play a game like Elden Ring or Demon's Souls or Dark Souls, whatever. It's like you're grinding, you're grinding to learn boss mechanics and create the perfect build and all that. And like sometimes I just want to mash the A or the X button yeah. and just do damage and kill people yeah. and like just carry on
1: that's why i always enjoyed playing like injustice and mortal Kombat with my buddies i mean they were always trying to do all these fucking combos and whatever i was just matching mashing a you know yeah just trying to kick them
0: and i think that's the beauty of a game like super smash bros where you do not need to understand anything about the game or the controls there's no combos in the game you just press buttons and go yeah if you want to be competitive with it you can be like well it's it is cool when you do this move and then you do that move. Like it works sometimes and you can kind of theory craft the combos and strategy, but it does appeal to so much of a wider audience to be like, fuck the combos. Just press the a button, press the B button and press a direction and have fun. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, uh, um, yes, I, yeah, a lot of cool albums coming out. Um, super excited. One of them being, yeah, the Wheaton album, the Alice in Wonderland album, But there is one album I want to talk about. An album I thought would never come out. And we finally got confirmation this week about it. Do you remember in the year, what was it, 2017? Calvin Harris released an album called Funk Wave Bounce Volume 1. It had Slide. uh, Let me actually pull the track list because I can never remember all. Like Rollings on there, Slide. Vaguely remember. Uh, It was one of his albums that... It just was jam-packed with, um, stars. And, uh, literally had, like, Snoop Dogg and Migos and Ariana Grande and, uh, Pharrell. A whole bunch of just absolute bangers. So, Slide, Heatstroke, Rollin', Feels. Um, a, a lot of his, a lot of his big singles came off of Wave Bounds Volume 1. Well, he had tweeted sometime in, like, 2019... Uh, someone had asked, like, whoa, Funkwave Bounce Volume 2, like, question mark. And he was like, nah, I'm just not feeling it. I don't think there ever will be one. Um, and I was like, damn, that kind of sucks. It sucks when an artist puts out an album with a volume one. Yeah. Kind of teasing to the audience, if you like this shit, fucking music, there's more coming. Well, he finally confirmed this weekend. He posted on his Instagram a billboard. says, Calvin Harris, Funkwave Bounce Volume 2. Summer twenty twenty two. And I was like, All right, baby, it's about to be hot boy summer up in here. He's coming out, he's gonna have the bangers. I hope we get Frank Ocean again. Migos got Kendrick song on there, maybe it'd be crazy, SZA. There's so many artists today that weren't there five years ago. Yeah. That I think, wow, this could be just a crazy album and um yeah, man, it's been five years since he's put out uh an album under the name Calvin Harris. He's put out some some EPs and some tracks as a as an alias. of it is doing more like a house music type of thing, but it's finally like his return to Calvin Harris, and uh,
1: really, really excited to see what comes up from that. Yes, speaking of big name albums, fucking Kendrick. Oh, Kendrick thank you. Lamar is back. He's back, baby.
0: We we've been waiting. Also, we've been waiting uh, five years as well. Yes, um, Kendrick. He posted uh, on his Instagram. Not even. He, I love how he didn't even just straight up was like, Hey, I got an album coming out. He was like, I'm a post this website, his website, which I think it's called like Kausla or something. Um, and I was like, okay, that's weird. And he just, it's very cryptic of just like, Hey, I'm, you know, a project's coming out or yeah. whatever. Yeah. You um, go
1: to the website, it's just two folders that you have to open. Yes. It's a kind of a release for the album and then the album name. Yeah. And so
0: he, I, I did enjoy the presentation of it. It wasn't just like,
1: "Hey, I got an album coming out,"
0: or like, "Like Calvin, and I just, I'm put a billboard up." Yeah. Um. So very excited for that. Uh. Obviously, he just won a Grammy for a feature uh, on the Baby Keem song "Family Ties." Um. He's in form right now. He's played. He's headlined a couple festivals. Um. That one in Vegas. Uh. Like four or five months ago or so. Um. Really great performance there. Um. Really excited, man. Like a lot of people think Dan was one of his weaker albums Um, it has bangers on it but I can agree it's hard to follow to Pimp a Butterfly because that album was 10 out of tens for most music critics they were like this album was perfect it had everything you'd want in an album but obviously Kendrick uh, has been on a lot of features Um, are you familiar with the Dissect podcast? No Uh, that's a podcast that I think
1: you told me about it but I haven't I actually dissected it. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I brought it up a
0: couple times. Um, and it's a podcast where the host goes and analyzes different albums and, and such and such um, track by track. And um, he put out a great TikTok of just showing, like, the level of detail Kendrick can put into a verse. And uh, there was a song that came out with him and Pusha. Um, and um, just his verse is so layered with, Easter eggs and homages and just all, there's just so much going on with it all the way down to the time signature and the way that the album, the song is broken down where each person gets one verse, exactly half of the song goes to each person and just all the number of games and the references. Kendrick just is on another level with his references and his writing. Yeah. And so I'm curious to see what, you know, everything that's happened in the past five years what he's going to talk about, what what he's going to have to say. Is he going to stay away from it all and just focus on, hey, this is what I want to talk about? Is he going to incorporate all the stuff going on? We just don't know. It's going to be crazy. I'm excited for it.
1: That's definitely what I'm going to have to check out. Not a big rap person, but I respect the greats. He, I think, is certainly becoming one of the greats.
0: No, 100%, man. Uh, It was cool seeing him at the uh, Super Bowl as well. Um, kind of weird to see 50 there. Wasn't expecting him to be the surprise guest. Um, but you know,
1: good to see 50 still alive. Well, apparently, so there was a story that came out, um, forgot who who's talking about it, but there's someone in that kind of group, friend group, or whatever. And, uh, Eminem had said that he's, he wouldn't perform at the halftime show if, uh, 50 didn't perform. So, uh, okay.
0: Well, Fifty is his protege, you know, and so I totally understand that it's nice to have um, Dre, Eminem, and Fifty all there. It just makes sense that they they have that connection, the weird like grandfather, father, son type of thing. Yeah. Um, but um, no, yeah, it was, it was a great, it was a great halftime performance. It was good to get a little taste of old school rap and new school rap in
1: there. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think it was. I would argue it's probably the best one we've had. I can't remember the last, like, real good one that we've had. Coldplay? Uh, uh, Coldplay, oh Probably Bruno Mars, I guess.
0: Um, Bruno Mars is really good. Yeah, I really like that one. Uh, obviously, it was not a fan of the Lady Gaga one. Her antics and shenanigans uh, arguably cost the Atlanta Falcons Super Bowl. Yeah. You know, uh, it's debated. He it debated. Cursed them. Uh, but these new, these new overtime rules, finally, I don't know if we had talked about them or not, but finally we're getting some new overtime rules in the NFL
1: and yeah. maybe it'll make just, it just, it's just air. for playoffs, but each team is going to have a possession, which is going to be nice. Uh, well, I guess it's a trial sort of, and then maybe they'll take that into the regular season. I think they should. I hate when games end in ties. This isn't soccer. It's football. <laughs> American football. This is football, not football. Yeah, football
0: americano. <laughs> um, no, I think regular season games, it's weird with ties. I get it, but like hey man, fucking if you really don't want ties, fucking change the rules consistently across the yes. board then. Um, but clearly NFL's content with ties. I guess they're okay with it or else they would have made a change by now.
1: Well, you think it you think it br- would bring in more money? to have these intense overtime thriller games like the NBA has where you go into fucking five overtimes or whatever you'd think it would draw more people into watch I wonder
0: if uh, and this is gonna get way too specific so stop me if it, if it does So you've obviously been to sporting events before yes there always comes a point in the game where concessions stop they don't sell beer anymore yes. whatever if a game goes into overtime you got to reopen the concessions right? Like, people are going to want another beer.
1: I think you should keep them open all game anyways, but.
0: Yeah, I think, like, m- they need to, like, move it back a bit closer to be like, all right, last two minutes of the game, all right, let's start closing up shop. Yeah, You know, we don't want people buying beer on the way out. But, like, I feel like more sales, man. You can Honestly. make so much more money on a 15-minute overtime. Um, We're just, like, having, I don't know, there's, there's somewhat to talk about with In terms of NFL overtime, there's a lot of problems with it. A lot of things you could do. Um, But, yeah, I'm excited that the playoffs at least have uh, some new rules. We saw just this last playoff. We talked about it a lot. So many overtime games, so many crazy games where these new rules I think really could um, help kind of shape how we move forward with football.
1: I think it'll at least help those... Fucking fans, uh, I, mean, I don't know who's the latest victim of it, the Bills, I guess. Yeah, uh, it'd be the Bills. It'll help those ease those fans' minds now, where, you know, if you lose the game, now it's your fault. You got yeah. a chance to score, and you didn't. No,
0: exactly. Obviously, we've talked about before, uh, big fans of college playoff system, it's oh, yeah. just absolute shootout, and... Uh, obviously, you have to make
1: adjustments because kickers are so much stronger in the NFL. Just move it move it back 10 yards. Yeah. You know, go, I think they start at the 25, start at the 35 or the 40. And then at least you have a little ways to go before you're in a comfortable field goal range. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, no, that's the most exciting way to do it.
0: 100% because, like, that's what everyone wants. Everyone wants a fucking shootout. Yeah. It's why, like, in soccer, most most non-soccer fans get excited for penalty kicks because it's the absolute shootout. It is, you know, back and forth yeah. action. Um and so I think bringing that into the NFL could really boost ratings in terms of like or at least get retention a little bit better cuz you get close to the end of the game if it's a blowout you're going to lose you're going to lose people. Yeah. But overtime it's like whoa, whoa whoa. Not only is it overtime but like
1: stay to the end it could get fucking crazy crazy. Um, I'm just—I feel like sports in general are just sort of dying, sort of dying. Like I, f- I feel like that's kind of a pessimistic view, but I've just—it feels like every major sport is slowly losing fans. You've seen the MLB; I think is the biggest example. of they're just losing people, they can't keep people watching.
0: I think it's hard because, um, so I'll, I'll go into it about baseball, and then I'll—I'll I'll, I'll give my. Analogy or reference where I'm coming from. Baseball is long. It yes. is. Uh, you've been to baseball games before. It's a, it's like an all day thing. Yeah. Um, games are long. Games can go quick. But uh, I know just, you know, a few years back, we had the whole scandal with our pitchers taking too long. Are they taking too much time between pitches? We've curbed it a little bit. We're getting better at speeding up the game a little bit. But overall, nine innings is a lot of baseball. There's it no is. definitive time. There's no minimum or maximum time a game can last. Yeah. Um, And so it's hard. It's hard uh, for TV times as well to get a TV slot to be like, oh, this game's going to be three hours. And the game easily can go for seven hours. Yeah. Or it can go as short as an hour or two. Um, I know a sport that dealt with this issue as well. And they made a lot of changes and their sport exploded in their respective country, which was cricket. Uh, I believe we've talked about cricket before way, way back in the day, but cricket originally, like it was an all day thing and you played over multiple days and you took the aggregate score to determine your winner. People realized, well, you can't really do that for TV because you can't just have a game going on all day. How yeah. do you tune in for that? You just catch the highlights or something at the end. So they realized, okay, we want to get more people playing the game. We want to get more people watching it and we want to make more money. How do we do that? They redid the rules to make a separate version of the game where your games pretty much are set to be 60 minutes, uh, 60 minutes to two hours, depending. And so they were like, it's perfect for TV. It's perfect for people to come watch. And it's much more exciting. You're going to see runs. You're going to see people scoring. No one's going to play a safe game, chilling, whatever. No, no, no. It's aggressive. You're going to get fucking high scores. And fucking cricket exploded. It's one of the biggest fucking, one of the highest watched sports in the world. Granted, because it is in India and they have a billion people already there watching. uh, That's like a seventh and eighth of the world. But still, like, I'm interested. I can't wait for the Cricket World Championships because it's just going to be fucking exciting. I'm going to pick my team and I'm going to follow them through the tournament. Um, Baseball, I'm not saying it would work the same, but maybe think about another league or something or some other way to have a a faster game. Yeah. Um, Maybe, you know, football's got seven-on-seven. It's got exciting different variations on the game.
1: When you also, I mean... Uh, The XFL is going to start up again next year with the Rock kind of the face of the league. Uh, USFL just started last Saturday or Friday. They're getting back up. Nice to see these spring leagues kicking up again. Uh, Hopefully they'll do well. I know the XFL was doing very well. Uh, It was 2020 and then the pandemic hit and they had to shut down. But uh, I'm excited for that.
0: Yeah, so going off of the USFL, um, I just saw a TikTok about it and it was it was very glowing of how they're they're handling um people and trying to get viewership up. Um so I guess they play all their games in the same stadium. So you have multiple matchups in the same stadium. Yeah. And so very much like for the NCAA tournament where you'll get a double header, you buy one ticket, you get to watch both games. Same goes for the USFL and not only do you get to watch both games or in the rare case you get three games in one day uh tickets are super affordable 15 and under is free yeah and tickets are as low as $10 and so I love that it's you know you're taking a risk Your your tickets your loss leader you're you're not making any money off of tickets but you're going to make all your money off of concessions and all the other stuff uh merchandise um I think it's exciting. It's a great way. If we, if, if you know, if we had the opportunity, I know we had a team, uh, do we have an XFL team or was it a USFL team? The uh, no,
1: it was a, I was another league, another league. Okay. Yeah. If we
0: could get a fucking San Antonio back another team, yeah. um, I'd a hundred percent go Oh,
1: season tickets. Oh, a
0: hundred percent. I would fucking drop, you know, because it'd only be a couple hundred bucks or whatever to get season tickets. It was a great thing to do on a Friday, Saturday, yeah. Um, But I do appreciate the USFL's approach to trying to get more people in the door and hopefully more people turn on the TVs to watch. Yeah,
1: well, and it's, I mean, those two leagues, since it's hard to, I I guess they're not really competing with the NFL because they play their games uh, much earlier in the year. Uh, But you still kind of are vying for those NFL fans. Uh, But they are very much, they listen to the people. They, you know, what, what would you like to see in this game? How would you, you know, like us to do extra points or fucking kickoffs? They listen to their fans, so that's I think a great way to. Okay, well, you know they take advice from us. You know if they hear a good idea, they're gonna try to implement it.
0: No, yeah, that's a fantastic way to look at it and uh a way to go about it. There is another league, right? If I'm if I'm correct, there's a fan controlled league as yes. well. So do you, I don't know how much you know about that. I don't know much.
1: I've only seen like one clip and it's Torello and catching the touchdown pass. Okay. Uh, but I'm yeah not too familiar with it. Okay. And so that's another league that's going to sprout up
0: and, and we'll see how that one goes. Seems kind of crazy to have fans voting on what play we should do next or yeah. how the game should go. But you know what? I appreciate that they're thinking outside the box. Yeah. Um, bring a little Madden into live football. Uh, but yeah no football's going in a good direction baseball stagnant man real stagnant like very. very a lot of minor leagues that are associated with the MLB but no separate leagues really um unless you want to go overseas which yeah. I know basketball is a lot of overseas leagues um uh, but we you know, we have so much more developmental leagues nowadays yeah uh, which is nice uh so basketball's going in a good direction um, I think the
1: biggest uh I guess the biggest problem aside from the length, I think it's just you have these same teams that are dominating every year because they just have so much more money than other teams. There's no salary cap. You still have a budget that you have to work within. That's just your owner's budget, however much money he wants to spend. So it's it's very tough to, I mean, you look at the A's, you know, it's hard for them to stay competitive for a very long time because they're working with a $60 million budget. Whereas you have the Dodgers who have all of the money in the world. I think they have four guys right now on the maximum contract.
0: No. Yeah, I totally agree. Like there was a period of time in baseball where although the Rays had success and they always, every couple of years have success. Um, but they, they had a stretch where they, we were, they were really keeping guys. They were yep. trying to keep guys on the roster. Great pitching rotation. um, but it's grown to a point now where a team like the Rays, they're the developmental league for every other team that yeah. has money. is Because, uh, you know, teams like the Dodgers, the Red Sox, the Yankees, they can go, wow, that guy's doing really well. Well, when his rookie contract ends, he's ours yeah. because we can actually afford to pay him. Um, and it's really shitty because you should have your own developmental farm system within your system. Um, but it just doesn't work out that way. You're right. We need a salary cap in baseball. Yeah. Um, but I don't know. It, it's hard for me to really fight for it being a Yankees fan, and I'm like, oh well, we have the money, so we're gonna spend it. Like, yeah. You no, know, but yeah, you know, well, uh, baseball, baseball needs an overhaul. I just don't. I'm not smart enough to to see what that overhaul is yet. I am. And that's why you're gonna be next commissioner of yeah,
1: baseball. I'm fucking. Rob Manfred, piece of shit. Fuck that guy. <laughs> I hate him so goddamn much. I think there's only one good commissioner right now in sports, and that is Adam Silver for the NBA. He's the only one that I like, because he he's actually a good commissioner. He does shit to help the league, not to hurt it. Rob Manfred only helps himself and the owners. Yeah. Same no. with Roger Goodell. Fuck that
0: guy. <laughs> Roger Goodell sucks ass. <laughs> but yeah, Adam Silver, uh, we saw in the pandemic. He wasn't just like, oh well, we guess we can't play sports. He was like I'm going to get my team together, and we're going to develop a plan yeah. to make basketball not only the most exciting it's ever been, but we are going to make it work. Yeah. And fucking basketball was amazing during that time period. It was
1: fucking fantastic. And that's, I mean, I guess selfishly, because Lakers won the championship. But it was fun <laughs> to watch. It was just, you know, I don't know. It was There was a different aura about it.
0: It's funny because I loved hearing all the because I remember hearing everyone go, how can you have an exciting game? There's no fans there. Like, it's not going to be exciting. I was like, trust me guys, the players are going to, they're going to play react and they, they just acted differently because it was like playing at, you know, the fucking YMCA or the rec where it's just, no one's watching. You're just kind of doing your thing playing and it made it more real.
1: Um, then you still, you know, they did a great job of finding a way to get fans involved. You could zoom or whatever into the game. Yep. Uh, so yeah, they that was they did a fantastic job with that situation.
0: Yeah, and so as compared to baseball, where they were like, oh well, maybe we'll have all of our games here. And the whole baseball, it, they're so behind the times. I just don't get it.
1: It would have been easy for baseball to do too. They have two huge spring training areas in Arizona and in Florida. Mm-hmm. NL goes to Florida, AL goes to fucking what call Arizona. You have six stadiums within 20 miles of each other. It's not that hard. You know, there's all, resorts all around there. You could fucking run out the resort or some shit. It, it would have been so easy for them to do. I know.
0: And that's what I mean. I feel like people are giving them the ideas. People are, are pitching solutions. It just seems that there is, they're very set in their ways. They, at the end of the day, look at the bottom line and goes, we're making more money at the end of the day. So why are we going to change anything? Uh, when, I don't know. I guess they don't see it. There could be even more dollar signs if
1: they did adapt. The only reason they're making more money is because everything's so much more expensive now.
0: True. That is very true, Uh, which we won't get too much into it. But yeah, inflation absolutely bonkers. Still fucking crazy. Maybe it'll I don't know one day. It'll it'll figure it'll fix itself eventually. It always does. Right. Yeah. That's how it works. Yeah. Um, The other news, uh, we don't talk too much golf very much on here, but uh, Jordan obviously didn't play well at the Masters, uh, but he had his moments, and he looked good. Finally, brought it all together last week, baby. Um, another win, first win after having the kid. Yeah, good um, for him. Yeah, I don't know if you saw the clip of him after he finished up on eighteen. Um, he was uh, walking over to sign a scorecard and everything, and all the fans were there, like, "Oh my god!" Like, you know, want to, you know, get your autograph, take a picture, whatever. And he was like. Uh, guys, guys, he, he was like, I thank you so much for being here. I really appreciate y'all, but we could see a playoff. And I was like, I was like, I'm feeling there could be a playoff. So I don't want to sign anything. I'm going to yeah. go sit in the clubhouse by myself and wait it out. But like, I promise I'm going to be back and I'm, I'm going to come sign stuff, you know, however it works out. And of course it went to a playoff. He went to the playoff and you know, crazy fucking finale there. Yeah. Uh, but just, Good guy Jordan, he did go back and sign all those. And oh everything.
1: yeah, what's well, great? I mean, I feel like there's a lot of the like a lot of the top golfers. I feel like they're very, uh, very good to their fans. They realize you know how far their fans have helped them. Get. Yeah. So you see those guys like Jordan and Justin Thomas. They like to thank their and uh, Phil too. Phil's, you know, yes, we can't talk too much about him. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, he was always, you know, great to the fans and whatnot. So it's it's great to see those guys win. No, yeah, it it the one thing is so we've talked about it before. I'm a big Tiger fan. I love Tiger.
0: I think Tiger makes golf better. Tiger oh, yeah. is the reason why golf was able to push itself onto TV and be like a a big thing. People were tuning in for. But Tiger isn't always the best with fans.
1: Well, it, just not the best in person.
0: Yeah, he, he's he's very closed off, and um, we he's opened up more over the years, but I would love to see as he gets up in age to, to just accept, like, hey, man, we're, we're kind of at the end of the run here yeah. in terms of winning major championships. Let's just have a little more fun. Let's have a little bit more fun. Be a little more interactive with the fans, and I think overall for the next generation, that's going to be a good look for you. Very. And I think it's going to turn a lot of people to go, you know, maybe maybe I will play some golf. You know, get the young kids more excited about it. Yeah. Um. Uh. But I am happy, like you said, like Justin Thomas and Jordan. All the younger guys are are very appreciative of their fans, which is good because it just grows the game. Just yeah. grows the game.
1: I mean, I I never got the, I don't you know someone that famous whatever. I don't understand why you'd be standoffish to those fans. I mean, they they came, they paid to watch you. They've been following you your whole fucking life, and you're just gonna. No, I'm not going to sign autographs. He, so,
0: one thing, so I've seen that personality in a lot of different sports and competitive um, competitions, you can call it. One player that I remember interacting with multiple times was uh, in Super Smash Bros. Melee. One The number one player in the world. He's by far the best. Um, on stream, he's very thankful for his fans, communicates with them very well. But in person, he's a whole fucking other guy. Like, I remember meeting him. Just, he was w- just walking around with his team. And I went up to him and I was like, hey, man, big fan. I'm a sub to your Twitch channel. And he's and um, he was like, oh, cool, man. You're a sub. Awesome. Before I said that, he was like, who the fuck are you? Like, why, why would you come up to me? Yeah. Which is weird because, like, you're walking around. You know people are going to recognize you're wearing your jersey. Like, you think he was just any fan, no matter if they're a sub or not would you know be like oh cool thanks so much for supporting me but even I remember I sat next to him we were watching the the grand finals for another game and he was just so locked in and focused like he wouldn't talk to anyone he wouldn't look at his phone he was just like focused on like his game plan and uh it was just crazy to see like that level of like Focus and Tiger gets that way. Tiger that a focus where the whole world doesn't exist. Yeah, it's the golf course and him, and that's it. That's all that exists. It's like get it. They're in this laser focus, but like, I think your true greats are the ones like a Jack Nicklaus or an Arnold Palmer where, Lee Trevino, where they can have fun and yeah. it's enjoy it, but also still be the best, and be be at the top of your game.
1: When it's, I mean, it's great to see when. You know those those top players are all close you know they're joking around on the course or whatever i you know um forgot who i think uh tiger was walking with kevin kisner love kevin kisner great personality um but yeah they i saw them you know walking joking and i was like that's what sport should be it shouldn't be one taking themselves so seriously i get you know sunday if you're in the lead at the masters you know you're probably going to be a little more focused so just relax a little bit have some fun the no, game. you're playing a game for a living.
0: Yeah, exactly. You're being, yeah, you're being paid millions of dollars to play a game. Yeah. Um, But, you know, I, I totally agree with you. And that's why I think growing up, I loved watching the Ryder Cup and the President's Cup because it was really the first time you got to see all these, these, these stars interact in a fun way. Yeah. Yes, they're trying to win. They're representing their country. But for the most part, this is a day. This is a week off for them. Yeah, it's just there.
1: It's really just bragging rights. Yeah,
0: they're just going out there fucking having fun. Yeah, they're gonna hit those shots you didn't think you'd ever see him hit because you know what? Hey, there's a chance they actually it may work out and they they may win the hole.
1: Yeah, when it's uh, great, I I think I think it was Justin Thomas before he teed off on number one. Someone tossed him a beer. He shotgunned it and teed <laughs> off like that. It's <laughs> <laughs> great to see. No, it's 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 just good to have that like fun aspect yeah. uh of the game. That's well, why I always loved watching John Daly. That oh, dude has dude. nothing but fun on the course. Oh man, he's absolutely crazy. Just ripping darts and fucking teeing off, off of beers. I guess <laughs> John Daly is one of the greatest things to happen to golf.
0: Oh dude, yeah man. He him followed by Tiger was just like golf in the late nineties or just the nineties in general was like before it was an old man sport. It was very boring only the true fans were like, oh, Jack Nicholas and Arnold Palmer. Yeah. Uh, no, the average person wasn't interested. They weren't playing it and they weren't watching it. Tiger, what Tiger, Phil, and John did for the game just made it so much more approachable. Yeah. Um, and, oh, man, we're so thankful for what it is that they did for the game. Oh, yeah. Um, oh, man, so I've got to list a couple things I wanted to talk about and go into. We we have hit a lot of them already, actually, but I do want to pull up my notes here and see. Um, ooh, so I don't know how much of it you watched, but did you see anything on Coachella? you watching the live stream? I didn't highlights. watch any
1: live streams. I saw some tweets about it and whatnot. But that's about it. Um, so I watched, I watched some videos
0: of it. Um, Harry Styles' performance was very good. Uh, he, I, I'm not afraid to say it. I feel Harry Styles is one of those people that no matter your gender or sexual orientation... He's he's one of those guys like a Ryan Reynolds level guy where I'm just like everyone just you know should be a fan of him if you're yeah. not yet you just haven't listened to his stuff or seen him yet he's uh, he's amazing. Uh Billie Eilish's set that was good. Uh, she brought the Gorillas. I don't know if you yeah. saw that. No. Yeah, she was like. They uh, still
1: are they still making music? Yes, they are.
0: Okay. They put out an album a couple years ago. And it was a lengthy, really good album. A lot of features on it. And I believe they're still, I don't know if they've talked about another album, but uh, I know they're still kicking it. They're still doing their thing. Awesome. Um, but yeah, she was like, y'all feeling good out there? Yeah, I'm feeling pretty good out here too. And then fucking they started playing Feel Good. And I was like, it was cool to have the gorillas out there. It was, it was a weird, like, person to bring out. Especially for Billy. Yeah. Um, very, very different genres. Um, Swedish House Mafia. They because Kanye backed out. Um, they and the Weekend. They it was it was Swedish House Mafia across the weekend. So I thought, oh, they have a lot of songs together. The Weekend's been featured on many songs uh, by artists of a similar caliber to Swedish House Mafia. They're gonna play a lot of the songs together. Swedish House Mafia will throw in some of their popular songs. It was gonna be a thing. Didn't end up working out that way. You know, uh, Swedish House Mafia. They're a trio of DJs and producers. Went out, played some songs, did their thing. Then the weekend came out, and that was it. Um, kind of weird. It was like you, yeah. you're watching two half shows rather than one big epic show. Um, so I feel like they kind of dropped the ball there. Maybe things will change this weekend for weekend two. Um, but uh, on the topic of that, Swedish House Mafia did just put out their first album in like seven, eight years. Uh, they got back together for an album. Uh, really, really good album. I would highly suggest. There's two songs on there I think you may enjoy. Most of it's kind of housey vibes, but they've got a song with ASAP Rocky, um, called, uh, I think it's called Frankenstein or something. Um, that one's really good And the song before it on the album Mafia. is is just a good, like a tone setter for Frankenstein.
1: Um, See, ASAP Rocky just got arrested.
0: And that was the thing I was going to lead into. He <laughs> yeah. got arrested for a potential, uh, involved is, in a shooting. Yeah. Um,
1: aggra- aggra- aggravated assault, I think is the charge.
0: Yeah. And so that's why I had that written down in my notes as mm-hmm. well. It's going to lead right into that.
1: Yeah. Um, well, I saw because I was on Snapchat. Snapchat has like the, you know, random shit on there. And it says, I saw, I don't know, something about pregnant Rihanna. And I was like, oh, she's hot. And then said before Rocky's arrest, and I was like, arrest? What the <laughs> fuck is this shit? Yeah.
0: Yeah, apparently he was just going to the airport, getting ready to fly out, and that's when they picked him up, and they were just like, hey, yeah, you're under arrest. And I was like, I don't think anything will come of it. Um, I, I think he, from what I read, he was a potential suspect. Yeah. Um, I I don't think anything's going to come from it. Um, it's just one of those things, they got to they do the du- their their due diligence.
1: He is out on bail. Yeah. So, $450,000 bail.
0: Yeah. Fucking crazy. Um, but, uh, Rock, I do appreciate Rocky. Um, does have a reference to Tyler, uh, a, a direct reference to Tyler, um, in this new song with Three Souls Mafia, uh, calling him his slime because they are homies no matter what. They will always be homies together. They're, they're so wonderful together. Um, I'm hoping to see some ASAP Rocky Tyler creator, some, some stuff in the future, but, um, we're, I guess we'll have to wait and see. There is a feature, two people are, uh, a feature coming up that is very interesting. A few weeks ago when all the stuff was going on with Kanye, Kim, Pete Davidson, um, Kid Cudi had said, nah, Ye's not my boy anymore. Like I looked up to Ye, Ye brought me into this industry and yeah. helped me out. But he was like, after the last kind of stunts Kanye pulled, Cuddy was like, nah, yay, it's not my boy. We're done. Like I, you're going to hear us on one more track. And cause they both feature on a push a T track for his new album. And he said, that's the last time you're ever going to see us on a track together. And he, he, with everything he said, he seemed like very much like, nah, like we're over, we're done. So I don't know. It, I don't know if there's a whole big stunt or something to boost sales or whatever don't for albums. I so. think
1: Because that's a, that would be the wrong way to go about it. Done. I think when someone like that says they're done, they're done. Yeah. I mean, and, that's, you know, Seth Rogen and uh, what's his face? Dave Franco? Dave Fr- James or James Franco, Franco yeah. 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 They're done. That's sad. Yeah. Um, I'm still depressed about that. We'll never get a Pineapple Express 2.
0: Yo, did you see, so, uh, speaking of Bible Express, uh, this week is 420. It was on Wednesday. Happy 420. Uh, happy 420. It was great. Um, I don't know what, what it's about. I don't know what 420 is. I, I don't either. Yeah. I, I think um, you're
1: supposed to go to church or some shit. Yeah. Yeah. It's like,
0: that's like the, the 420 in the afternoon is like the time to worship God. Like yes. you have the, the deepest connection to God yes. or something. Um, so, <laughs> so I actually watched, looked up a video cause I was curious, like, where did the term come from? there was, I guess a group of guys in California, they were, uh, one of the guys' older brothers was in the Navy or something, and was like, hey, we grew these, these uh, weed plants, but we can't manage them anymore, we can't take care of them because we're in the Navy, and they said we'd get dishonorably discharged, so they left them a map, and they said, here's a map, you guys go find it. And so they all agreed uh, at 4.20 in the afternoon they'd meet up at this location and they would follow the map and they would do it every single day. They would they would show up at 4.20, they'd smoke and follow the map and try to find these plants. Never found them. But it just became a thing between the group of just like, oh, 4.20, without well, the time to meet up slash smoke. And that got, some of the guys were affiliated with some bands. One of the guys was like, close with uh some of the groupies for the grateful dead so that got brought up with the grateful dead that got passed on to other bands and eventually it just became the term for smoking weed it was just like 420 that was just
1: that's kind of it's got to be crazy to be one of those guys in that group like they you know obviously never knew that it would turn into such a fucking huge thing there's a whole day dedicated (laughs)
0: Yeah, and it was, and it it's a term that's only been around for fifty years yeah. since the '70s, and obviously, Wheat's been around for fucking forever. But yeah, it was just uh, th- they called their group the Waldo's because they would sit on a wall there, like I guess in the courtyard at their school, and they would you know um, talk to people, make fun of people, do impressions and stuff. And because they would always sit on the wall, and there was a group of guys, they was like, "Oh, you guys are the Waldo's." And so the Waldo's are the reason for the creation of the term 420. Good for them. Um, But yeah, so 420, so Pineapple Express, did you see Jack in the Box was having a 420 special? I didn't, but that makes sense. Uh, I know exactly. Of of all the stoner places, it is Jack in the Box. They literally have a late night munchy meal that is only able to be ordered after midnight. Yeah. Um, But they had a Pineapple Express shake or something. And uh, Seth Rogen came out, and he quote-tweeted the tweet talking about the Pineapple Express shake. And he was like, no, this isn't affiliated with us. We There's no affiliation with Pineapple Express, the movie, with me, with Franco, any of that. No one approached us. Um, and we wouldn't want to put our name on some bullshit uh, shake. If we were going to put our name on anything Jack Jacksonville, it'd be those shitty tacos that give you diarrhea. Uh, that'd be the most stoner shit we could think of. Yeah. Um, which I thought was fucking hilarious But um, there was a, Apparently a 420 burger A burger That happened to be released on 420 On the Japanese McDonald's website That seems very stoner-ish It's a Spicy chicken patty that you get like On the spicy McChicken yeah. But the buns are toasted Rice patties You ever had like a, a rice burger Or a ramen burger before? I have not Uh, I had a a ramen burger one time where the patties were were ramen. And uh, it was was interesting. It was different. Uh, More fork and knife than than with your hands. I'm sure, yeah. Uh, But like, oh, yeah, like rice patties for like your burgers. I'm like, for your buns. I'm like, I could get down with some of that. trying to imagine what that would taste like. It would be, I think, uh, have you ever, have you had Hawaiian food before? No. Uh, They have a dish called the loco moco. It's um two beef hamburger patties with uh, on a bed of rice with brown gravy and uh, then, like, a fried egg on top. And so you get, like, rice, gravy. Sounds pretty damn good. Yeah, it's got all the makings of a perfect dish. And uh, it's, like, a big comfort food item in Hawaii. Uh, I'd imagine it's, like, that kind of flavor profile.
1: It's crazy to see the different levels of comfort food, you know, or the, just the different comfort foods at different places you go. You know, whether that's, I guess, that dish or you know, like biscuits and gravy, shit like that in Texas, just weird to see the differences. I guess ramen would be sort of a comfort food in Asian mm-hmm. cultures,
0: very much like we have chicken noodle soup here. Yeah, having a warm bowl of ramen in, in Asian countries, yeah. Um, uh, but yeah, comfort food is crazy to think about. Um, if you had to pick one meal that you grew up from your childhood where you're like man, like I just can't wait for my mom to make this or dad or whatever. This is your comfort food. Do you have one like that?
1: I have a couple. My mom used to make something. It's called a Mexican meatloaf. Mm-hmm. It was just, it was like ground turkey and salsa instead of the ketchup or whatever they put on the yeah. meatloaf. So that was great. And then another um, Chinese chicken salad. Oh, uh, yeah, you've talked about that one before, yeah. and fantastic,
0: yeah, dude I man, I need to get me some Chinese chicken salad oh, yeah. um, sounds so good um what's it called? um, for me, I think a, a meal my mom made on a regular that i was i'm always excited to eat even nowadays is the simplest back of the box type of recipe because it literally was she said her mom was the one who, who um. Uh, who would make it and she doesn't know where her mom got it, but she probably got it off the back of the cornflake yeah. box. Uh, it's fucking cornflake chicken. You just get your, your, uh, chicken thighs, cut them into like not bite sized pieces, but good sized pieces. Cut them up with, with cornflakes, bake them in the oven. Uh, cereal and chips make great breading for oh, food. Yeah. Like getting some hot Cheetos and breading some chicken, bacon in the oven. Fantastic crust. Uh, Doritos, goldfish, I've done goldfish before, uh, but cornflakes, yep, crushed up cornflakes for your breading, and that's, that's a go-to comfort food for me. Sounds really good. Yeah. Um,
1: but Remember, yeah. It was always great, like, waking up in the morning, my mom would have French toast made for me. That was fucking great. Oh,
0: man, that's so lit. Yeah. Uh, we, I don't know, for us, like, because we, um, I don't know, I felt like when I was going to school... The time between waking up and getting to school was so small. Like, it. you'd have to wake up super early. But have you ever noticed, like, in movies and TV shows, it feels like they have, it's, like, bright. Like, the sun's way up in the yeah. sky by the time they're, like, having breakfast. I'm like, shouldn't y'all be at school yeah. already? And then
1: they're, it, you know, they take all the time in the world, like, an hour to eat fucking breakfast. I never had that. I would wake up 30 minutes before I was supposed to... Be at school. Yeah. And rushing to get my lunch, uh, my breakfast in trying to get my lunch together and just sprinting out the door, showing up to school right when the bell rings.
0: Yeah, exactly. And I'm just like, the only thing I can like say, and the reason why it may feel that way on movies and TV is I, every time I go to Arizona, it always feels like it's so bright so early Yeah, that it could be six o'clock and it's, it's like full sun. So maybe all these movies are just filmed in California where it's even further west to where the sun just comes up crazy early. Um, Or our perception of time is just really off in these movies. It just, it feels like they get out of school and it's still also bright
1: as fuck. I think it's a combination of both. Yeah, like I remember, you know, I get during Daylight Savings, you know, you get out of school at four o'clock and it's dark outside. Yeah.
0: And so, yeah, I think the movie I always point to is Sky High. I know that's a very random movie. It's a just, great movie, though. It's a great movie. I know we never got a Sky High too, um, but I remember just them waking up for that the and that opening scene or whatever, and it's bright as fuck outside, and they're going to school, and it's the sun is very close to getting yeah. to a top at the at the highest point. And I'm like, what is going on over here? Why is it so bright out here?
1: I guess now that I'm thinking about it, Ferris Bueller's Day Off too. He wakes up it's fucking bright as shit and yeah. he's just calling into school exactly I'm like fucking
0: 8am yeah. like that, that was two hours ago my guy yeah. you're late Um, but yeah I would say to anyone listening go just watch some older movies and just that are like have a school setting and just be aware of how bright it is caddyshack yeah and they're all getting ready in the morning fuck you just yeah. ruined movies Dude, I'm telling you. And so this is why. Okay, so we don't have a ton of time left, but I do want to get into this because it just came to my mind. Certain movies obviously have a certain color to them. If a movie is. That's a little racist, but. Hear me out on this one. So there are certain movies where the lighting is done to where it's true lighting. Yeah. It is just that is how the scene would look if you were not looking through a camera lens, but looking through your eyes there are certain movies where they put the filter over the camera lens. If it's shot in the West or in Mexico or a South American country, for some reason to indicate that they always put the fucking sepia filter over yes. the camera and it doesn't fucking make any sense. That's what they see in Mexico. Exactly. They just see everything in sepia. <laughs> <laughs> Um, But there's some times where like the color in movie, like it just like doesn't make sense. Like it's too bright even for the, The movie's supposed to be dark. Yeah. You can also get the opposite effect where movies feel too dark at times. There were moments in some of the Batman movies where I get it's dark and that's the tone we're going for, but I'm like, it's too dark. Yeah. Like, like I can't tell what's going on. I need you to just up the brightness just a little bit, but there's some movies where like it's just off. It doesn't make sense. I don't know what the cinematographer was thinking when they set up the lighting for some of these shots because it just doesn't make sense. School movies being way too bright, that's one of those situations. Why are you so bright?
1: I'm going to have a different, a much different perspective of movies now when I go watch them. I I don't... I I mean, you just ruined shit for me. Dude, I... I can't go watch a movie where they're going to school without thinking of this now. And I'm just going to hate the rest of the movie. Bro, I... The
0: amount of times that I watch something... And the tiniest detail will completely take me out of a movie. I I have to like keep it to myself because of that situation sometimes. Where like I'll see something and like it'll be so specific, and I'll be like, it "Actually, doesn't make any sense." Those two streets actually don't connect. Yeah, because I know the city, and I'll be like, "Yeah, this doesn't make any sense. None of this movie makes any sense anymore." Like I bet if you know L.A. really well, I bet Amy this probably won't make any sense because. They're not going to need to make sense. Okay. They're going to have streets cross each other don't make yeah. any sense.
1: Why are they going down the 210? <laughs> it'd, be <laughs> much, it'd be much quicker to go. <laughs> go down the 101 right now. It's 4 o'clock. Um, you know, but it's, yeah. That's one of my favorite SNL sketches of all time. Oh. They're, I forgot the name of the sketch, but it's all of them just, you going to take the 101
0: down to the... <laughs> oh, man. Um, But, yeah, I I will see little details
1: in movies and TV shows, and I hate it when it
0: takes me out of it where,
1: like, things just feel off. I'll do that, too, but it's usually, like, when I'm in a bad mood and I'm watching something, I'm like, I fucking hate this. I hate everything about this. And then you start hearing the laugh tracks in certain shows, and you're like, this is a stupid show. I feel that way about
0: Big Bang Theory just all the time. I'm just like, this show sucks. I
1: hate Big Bang Theory. I just,
0: oh man. And then with their, their follow up series, Young Sheldon too. I'm just like, you know, I mean, Kaylee
1: Cuoco is hot as shit. So yeah, yeah. watch
0: her. Well, she's got her whole price line thing or whatever she does now. Yeah. Um, which she hasn't really done anything since that show. I, I guess, really. I guess she kind of grabbed, you know, grabbed a bag and was just like, I'm good for life. I don't think I want to do this acting thing anymore.
1: Respect. What's the, so. uh, what's the fucking dude? Sheldon, I, I know. No, I know. William he, Shatner. No, he was in Honey, I Shook the Kids. Was that it? Oh yeah, Rick Moranis. Rick Moranis. He did that. He was just like, yeah, fuck it. I guess he's coming back or something. Well, I, man, I thought we talked about this. Are you are you not familiar with this story? Vaguely, I'm sure we did talk about
0: it. But so I'll I'll go over the quick one because we are running out of time here. Uh, so Rick Moranis was the height of his career. Yeah. Absolute height. He was in every comedy movie you could think of in the eighties. Eighties and nineties. That that I, I always get my timeline wrong of when Spaceballs and Ghostbusters and all those came out honey strength for kids. Um absolute height of his career. He's being cast in everything and he's killing it. Well, his wife died of cancer. That's right. And he was did not want to leave his kids to a babysitter or a nanny. So he yeah. went full time dad. And he he already made plenty of money. He was set for life. So he went full-time dad until his kids
1: grew up and finally he's coming back around. All my homies love Rick Moranis. Yeah. I just love his comeback to acting was in a fucking commercial with uh, Ryan Reynolds for his, I think it mint mobile or some shit. Yeah. Just a random appearance in that. And that was kind of him being like, Hey, I'm back. There
0: is a, there's actually another actor who just recently made a comeback as well. Much smaller, not, not as big as Rick Mor- Moranis, but, uh, he was the, the Asian kid in the Goonies as well as the Asian kid in Indiana Jones. Um, fuck it. I can't remember the character's name, but and I think it's in the second Indiana Jones movie. Um, he was child actor. He's doing well, whatever. No issues. Like it wasn't like he was not going to get cast, yeah. but he just decided I'm done with acting at that point. He was just like, I'm done. I don't like the way um people asian people were being portrayed and so him and his family just said hey we're just not gonna do the acting thing anymore until he saw crazy rich asians and that movie because he's married to an actress um that was the movie where he went you know what i'm gonna give us another try yeah and now he, he's got a, a big role in uh everything all at once that new movie that just came out
1: yeah i've seen some stuff about that
0: it looks really good. I've heard only great things about it. And uh, that's his, his first big rollback in acting. And I'm like, dude, good for you, man. Like you, oh, yeah. you, you, you try the acting thing. You felt, you know, things weren't going in the right direction, but you realized, hey, things have changed and you're back. Yeah. I'm like, so, dude, I love it. But, um,
1: all right, you got anything else to add before we wrap it up here? Uh, well, I guess uh, tomorrow Zach Bryan's new song will be out. So check that out yep we'll uh, we'll
0: probably add that it's to the playlist something in the orange something in the orange okay um but that's pretty much all i got as well um new music a lot of new music coming up may may's got a lot of albums coming out so may's gonna we're, we're definitely gonna get into some deeper album talk coming up as may rolls around but uh, we're really looking forward to that but overall that's gonna do it for us here at riffs on tap uh i've been your host Alejandro, joined as always by riley um, if you liked what we talked about, you want to hear more about it. I know we referenced a lot of older episodes. If you head on down to riffsontap.com, that's where you can find links to everything. We've got our playlist of the different music we're listening to right now. We've got links to all past episodes on the various platforms. Um, you know, we, we have some great episodes. You know, we have the episode, one of my favorites is uh, our recap of our ACL weekend. Uh, that one's always uh, great. We have a lot of cool stories on that one. Um, but if you like what we heard, please, uh, share share with a friend, let them know word of mouth is the best way to help, uh, spread the news about this show. And it really helps out a lot. We're so thankful for all of you who have shared it or have told it, Hey, we love this episode or we love that. It really does mean a lot to us. Um, but overall that's going to do it for us. This has been episode number 41 of riffs on tap. Thank you all very much. And we will see y'all in the next one. Bye-bye.